This recording accompanies the command economy part of the assignment. It takes place in January 1933. The big whistle on the powerhouse sounded a long, deep, hollow six o'clock. All over the scattered city camp of Magnitogorsk, workers rolled out of their beds or bunks and dressed in preparation for their day's work. I climbed out of bed and turned on the light. I could see my breath across the room as I woke my roommate, Kolya. Kolya never heard the whistle. Every morning I had to pound his shoulder for several seconds to arouse him. We pushed our coarse brown army blankets over the beds and dressed as quickly as we could. I had good American long woolen underwear, fortunately. Kolya wore only cotton shorts and a jersey. We both donned army shirts, padded and quilted cotton pants, similar jackets, heavy scarfs, and then ragged sheepskin coats. We thrust our feet into good Russian Valinsky's, felt boots coming up to the knee. We did not eat anything. We had nothing on hand except tea and a few potatoes, and there was no time to light a fire in our little homemade iron stove. We locked up and set out for the mill. It was two miles to the glass furnaces over rough ground. There was no wind, so our noses did not freeze. I was always glad when there was no wind in the morning. It was my first winter in Russia, and I was not used to the cold. In the meantime, the iron stove was nearly red hot, and the men gathered around in an ever-widening circle, smoking and talking. I don't know what we're going to do with our cow, said a young fellow with a cutting torch, stock, and the piece of rugged rope that served him as a belt. He rubbed his chin sorrowfully with the back of his rough hand. His blue peasant eyes were looking through the shanty walls, through the blast furnace foundation, through the stack of unerected trusses, across 200 miles of snow-swept steppe, back to the little village he had left six months before. It took us two weeks to get here, he said earnestly, to a whiskered welder sitting next to him, walking over the steppe with our backs on our back and driving that <laughs> swear word cow, and now she's not giving any milk. What the heck do you feed her? asked the welder thoughtfully. That's just the trouble, said the young cutter's helper, slapping his knee. Here we came all the way to Magnitogorsk because there was bread and work on the new construction, and we find we can't even feed the cow, let alone ourselves. Did you eat in the dining room this morning? Yeah, I tried to, said a clean-cut-looking fellow. Only fifty grams of bread and that devilish soup that tastes like it was made of matchsticks. He shrugged his shoulder and spat on the floor between his knees. But then, if we are going to build blast furnaces, I suppose we have to eat less for a while. Sure, said a welder, in broken Russian. And do you think it's better anywhere else? Back in Poland, we hadn't had a good meal in years. That's why our whole village walked across the Soviet frontier. It's funny, though. We thought there would be more to eat here than there is. Vladek, the Polish welder, was one of many who, dissatisfied with their lives in Pilsudski, Poland, and a fire with enthusiasm for the socialist construction, word of which came across the white Russian countryside through the Polish border guards and censors, had left, taking only what they could carry, to throw in their lot with the Soviet workers. When Vladek spoke, all the workers around him turned and listened with interest. At this point, a young, boisterous, athletic-looking burner burst into the room and pushed his way up to the stove. 
Boy, is it cold, he said, addressing everybody in the room. I don't think we should work up on top today. One of the riveters froze to death up there last night. It seems he was off in a bleeder pipe, and they didn't find him till this morning. Yeah, said everybody at once. Who was it? But nobody knew who it was. It was just one of the thousands of peasants and young workers who had come to Magnitogorsk for a bread card, or because things were tough in the newly collectivized villages, or fired with enthusiasm for socialist construction.